0: Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and joining me this week is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. Thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, hello. Love being back on this. Thanks for having me.
0: That's right. And one day, those time zones, yeah, okay. one day, <laughs> you'll get over on those time zones.
1: <laughs> you would think I would get this right. You'd think there'd be an app, wouldn't you? It's all that right. I might use. That's yeah, no.
0: all right. That's all right. Well, we got lots to talk about. There was so much news and leaks that came out this week. So let's jump into it. Everyone probably has seen the iPhone 12 video that leaker John Prosser, he's doing his John Prosser thing. He's <laughs> Have you ever seen his videos on YouTube, William? Have you, you taking the time to watch his show?
1: Yeah, I am conscious of their existence, shall we say. <laughs> uh, it's not what draws me into YouTube
0: much. but yeah. He's got a very unique style, but he apparently <laughs> also has some friends or somebody on the inside because he has obtained what seems like a video of an iPhone 12 Pro PVT model. And now PVT is like a performance verification test. And so you can't really see the hardware on this device, but the video has the settings screen. It has a settings screen from the phone showing some options that seems to reveal some hardware updates that's going to be coming. Just at a glance, we have the LiDAR scanner, which we've heard is going to be coming most likely to the next model of iPhone. There is the possibility of that 120 hertz refresh rate or ProMotion, which again, the iPad Pro has. And if you don't know what that is, it's that higher refresh rate gives you a much smoother scroll when you're scrolling up and down your phones, just that You know, more frames per second almost, if you want to think of it that way as you scroll. 4K video can be captured at 120 and 240 frames per second, supposedly on the next iPhone in this video. There's settings for something called an enhanced night mode, which if you have an iPhone 11 or 11 Pro now, you'll know that there is night mode. And if you set it on a tripod, it will give you an even longer exposure. Well, this may give users even more time to set their device on a tripod and let it take an even longer exposure uh, if it's mounted on something like that. And other settings like advanced noise reduction, maybe for cameras or video. To If you're in low light, maybe it has the ability to reduce more noise. Bit depth video. You know, that could mean something like 8-bit versus 10-bit and something about zoom capabilities. So again, this is all from a video of a setting screen. Again, John Prosser is claiming that this is the iPhone 12 Pro and also talks about how the bezels are noticeably thinner, which makes the notch look smaller, makes the screen look bigger, and that the flat sides that we've seen kind of in some leaked images is actually what the device will be having when it releases in the fall. Those kind of reminiscent of the iPhone 4 and 5 flat edges, as opposed to the rounded edges we've had for quite a while. So if this is actually a device in this video that is a pre-release device, then that's some pretty cool features that'll be coming to the new iPhone 12 Pro. Does any of this excite you, William, for upgrading your iPhone?
1: Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, last year I was not going to get an iphone 11 i'd got an iphone 10s max i liked it very much didn't love it but i liked it a lot and nothing was going to get me to do uh, buy an 11 because i knew the 12 was supposed to be 5g and all this stuff clearly the sensible thing was to hang on forget it had to buy an 11 Pro. some of the demos of the multi-camera shooting stuff that's it sold and uh, some of that Demonstration the filmic pro stuff hasn 't worked out yet. You can only shoot various things in quite limited resolution, so i haven 't actually used it the way I thought I would. But I love my iPhone eleven pro, so I'm very happy with it and I decided this year no, this is the year i 'm going to skip, and now you throw all this at me, and I just don 't know. I think you should send me your ipad <laughs> i 'll sell it, spend the money. Uh, that's that's how this should
0: work. Right, right. We will see. I mean, again, some of these rumors seem to be pretty consistent. You know, the 120 hertz refresh rate, that was kind of, yeah. you know, is it going to come? And then it was looking like, well, maybe not. So that will be interesting to see if Apple announces that. But this is shaping up to be a pretty interesting iPhone. I, for one, am going to like that design. I think the flat edges, like reminiscent of the iPhone 4 and 5, is mm. a nice uh, look. And it matches the new iPad Pros that have come out in recent years. So... Yeah, we'll see you officially. Again, the video is in our article. The link is in show notes. You can check it out on appleinsider.com. And again, John Prosser doing his front page tech thing as he goes through some of the features of that supposed iPhone. So check that out. We also saw this week that seven new variations of iPad and eight varieties of an Apple Watch have been listed in the Eurasian Economic Commission's website. And so typically what happens is new model numbers will be listed prior to release as Apple is preparing to launch these devices to the public. You know, we have model numbers, but nothing else really about features or any information about it. Although there was some leaked image about a supposed iPad Air. Pretty sure that we're going to see new iPads and Apple watches in the coming month or two. Even again, going back to John Prosser, he said maybe even as early as the first week of September, which is about two weeks away uh, at the moment of this recording. And so we know these iPads and watches are coming out. This leaked image of a new iPad Air or supposed iPad Air shows that it could come with USB C to match the iPad Pro. And, which I think is even more suspicious, that it won't have Face ID, but that it will move Touch ID to one of the buttons. On the side of the device. And so that's what these leaked images and the pictures of a manual seem to imply. Uh, But I have to say, I feel like Touch ID on like a sleep wake button, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: I could believe it, except that uh, this leak uh, purportedly comes from uh, an iPad Air manual, a Spanish language iPad Air manual. When did you last see a manual for? anything from apple (laughs) you you get the warranty card you get some stickers which i never use but there they are right right Uh, if it's true then i think it might even be clever putting it in the sleep wake button and yet you know you you, it doesn't feel like it'd be big enough for i'm highly suspicious of it but give them credit the the images were very nicely done in this possibly faked possibly real
0: yeah the the, the touch ID, button, i'm just not sure about that but i'm excited to see the new apple watch it doesn't seem like it might be a big update this year there's been some rumors about a oxygen blood sensor built in and maybe even sensors that actually contour to your arm rather than you know protruding out of the bottom of the apple watch so we'll see hopefully in the coming weeks we'll uh have those devices come out and we can report on those. So keep your eye on appleinsider.com and you can see links and show notes to those images of the supposed iPad Air and some information on those model numbers. You can check those out. We should probably update everyone on the Epic vs. Apple saga. William, this was breaking as we recorded last, me and you. Yes. <laughs> and it just didn't work out to talk about it when we were on the show last time. But if you don't know what's going on, I encourage you to listen to last week's show. Wes and I kind of recapped all that's going on. Fortnite pushed an update to their app, allowing a payment system outside of Apple's in-app purchase system. Apple kicked them out of the store. Now they're threatening to take away their developer account access and all that. So... Where we are right now, Epic, the maker of Fortnite, the very popular game on many platforms. Uh, Fortnite, they've announced that the Chapter 2 Season 4, the new season of Fortnite, is not going to come to iOS or macOS uh, because of them not having access to update their app or the store or anything like that. Interesting that they include macOS in that, Mm. uh, but I guess if their developer account is blocked, then that would also affect macOS. But So they're saying that new season is coming, but uh, a judge actually ruled that Apple revoking the developer account access from Epic Games should not affect the Unreal Engine business. And so this is something we talked about on last week's episode of, as well, but that many, many 3D games uses the Unreal Engine to basically work the 3D uh, effects and graphics in video games on many, many different platforms. And at the Unreal Engine was blocked out of the App Store, this would affect, again, just a ton of games. And so the court ruled that Apple will have to allow the Unreal Engine business to remain intact and continue to be updated. But the Fortnite game itself, Apple is allowed to keep that out of the App Store until it makes a change. And so we had a statement from Apple this past week, and we'll read it. Quote, We thank the court for recognizing that Epic's problem is entirely self-inflicted and is in their power to resolve. Our very first priority is making sure App Store users have a great experience in a safe and trusted environment, including iPhone users who play Fortnite who are looking forward to the games next season, end quote. So again, Apple continually using these lines of how it's, make, its job is to keep the App Store safe and trusted, and somehow a payment system outside of Apple's payment system is unsafe or untrusted seems to be the implication. But Epic and Apple seem to not be budging from either side. And it looks like Fortnite will not be coming back unless, you know, someone capitulates or Epic Games goes back to using the in-app purchase system, which I don't know if I see that happening. No. Give me your thoughts on this, William. You haven't been on the show since all this stuff broke. Do you think Epic should just capitulate and go back to how it was? Do you think Apple should change its policies? Well, actually, oh, I thought I'm British. I can say this. In the Fortnite
1: since Epic and Fortnite and all that. Yeah, the proper (laughs) use of the word. Uh, Well done. I've kind of gone back and forth a bit on it. No, that's not even true. The thing I hovered about was uh, the Unreal Engine business because I honestly didn't follow. I'm not a gamer. I'm aware of Unreal Engine for how it's used in some uh, drama like the Mandalorian and things, and it's really impressive, and I get how important it is. Uh, When I read this thing about it being had to stay, I couldn't work out whether that was a good or a bad thing for Apple, and it seems to me that actually it's a good thing. It sounds like they're telling Apple, Apple can't do what it wants. But if Apple took away Unreal, that would kill loads of games. And as it is, it's just Epic's Fortnite or anything else from Epic that's out. I think Apple will be fine with that. And yeah, is this just the voice of a non-gamer? Let it go. I (laughs) really, you know, never looked at it, never played. I gather it's good. Are you a player?
0: No, I never got into it I mean my my kids have wanted to play it, and i've I've heard mixed things about its effect on certain age children wow. at least like an addictive nature and you know I don't know if it's just such a good game that people want to play it all the time or if it is actually you know somewhat engrossing and borders on, uh, maybe it's not the best for young ages. So we had not allowed it. And now I have a perfect excuse because I say, well, sorry, you can't get it anymore. I I would give it to you. I am a good father, but I can't. Okay. (laughs) All right. That's right. Uh, Apple just uh, doesn't want you to play it. That's the bottom line. Again, it's kind of at a standstill right now. Again, the deadline that Apple has given Epic was Friday, August 28th, which at the you know, release of this episode is today. Whether or not the developer account will be revoked, uh, if Epic does not change its in-app purchase deal, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I know, William, you probably picked up one of those ten thousand dollar iPhones with Fortnite pre-installed from eBay. Uh,
1: I tried, but none of them were in blue. That's what would have done it for um, me, you know? That's... Yeah, if you're going to spend that amount of money, yeah, I want it to look good.
0: I see, okay. Mm. You cool. know, this This also comes on the heels of all the antitrust stuff that was going on. And I just want to read this quote, uh, Cicilline, who was the head of the committee that kind of interviewed the Google, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook CEOs a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this was his quote this past week, you know, kind of recounting that whole investigation. He says... All of these companies, again, the four I mentioned, engage in behavior which is deeply disturbing and requires Congress to take action, Cicilline said. Quote, the kind of common theme is the abuse of their market power to maintain their market dominance, to crush competitors, to exclude folks from their platform, and to earn monopoly rents, end quote. So an interesting take, again, this quote, you know, who knows what uh, the government will do as far as regulation. Uh, This epic case is, you know, the most... Glaring to see what will, if anything, government will do. Didn't allow Apple to affect the Unreal Engine. That's probably the most government regulation we've seen uh, for Apple and its practices in the App Store. But you know that abuse of their market power to maintain market dominance. I feel like yeah, all four have probably done that (laughs) in one way or another, for sure.
1: I feel like he waited these weeks to say something strong and serious, so that in the hope that we would forget how incredibly childish that session was. I mean, yeah. I, I, the point, all the points that were raised were good, but the way they were all raised were, was just borderline infantile. And it appeared to me, there's a very famous case in the UK where. Uh, extremely long time ago uh protesters realized that the government uh had agreed uh, to take um like a what do you call it? a public consultation but if they looked at it they found that all the government had to do was hold a public consultation and then it could do whatever it liked so they instead <laughs> of letting that happen they barricaded uh, where the consultation was taking place and stopped it being able to happen and that's what stopped the action going on, Uh, the trickery of having this platform Um, This uh, way of... uh, I honestly think that Congress thing was pre-decided. They've already know what they're going to do and it was more a platform for their political points of view than actually trying to investigate and probe uh, as we might have hoped. So whatever's happening, they've already decided and this statement uh, from your man whose name I'm struggling to pronounce and thought I'd managed to get away without trying to say... uh, (laughs) Cicilline. Cicilline. Thank you. I think... Uh, this is, he could have written it months ago, and it's just one more step in the process. But I can't guess what the final result's going to be, so maybe I'm just wrong.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see in the coming weeks, and especially what happens over the weekend and early next week as, as Apple promised to revoke the developer account, we'll see what happens there. This news just breaking kind of as we record, going back to TikTok. So the CEO of TikTok, Kevin Mayer, has stepped down. From his position as TikTok's chief executive, this happened Thursday of this week. But news is coming out that TikTok could be sold to a U.S. company within the next 48 hours, likely Microsoft. So you could someday soon see Microsoft Word's Clippy character in a TikTok. Okay.
1: Oh, sorry. No. That's where you went. That's not part that. of it. Out of all of this, <laughs> no. international trade disputes, and you found a route through for Clippy. <laughs> I like it.
0: Okay. Yeah, so that's just for all you TikTok fans that were afraid it was going to get banned. Um, there's that. And also, you know, there was news this past week that I believe the Trump administration said that the ban on some of these apps like TikTok and WeChat would not affect WeChat in China. It seems that if the Trump administration goes through with some of these bans, that the WeChat app on devices in China would continue to be allowed to function and be installed and all that. But it's just WeChat on devices here in the United States uh, would be banned. So, uh, as usual, very unclear. About what exactly might happen there, or if the ban will happen, or where it will happen. So stay tuned for that. Again, all the WeChat and TikTok uh, news. This episode is brought to you by Fundrise. You've probably heard for years that it's important to have a diversified investment portfolio. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Well, that's simple. It hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, thanks to Fundrise. They make it super easy for all investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or looking to add more, our friends at Fundrise have you covered. Here's how. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. Whether you're looking to add stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long term growth through appreciation, Fundrise has you covered. To date, Fundrise manages more than $1 billion in assets for 130,000 plus investors. And since 2014, The Fundrise platform has averaged 87 to 12.4% annual returns, and investors have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. Incredible. Fundrise's team of real estate professionals carefully vets and actively manages all of their real estate projects. And with their easy-to-use website, you can track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via Asset Updates. And let me encourage you, visit their website, fundrise.com slash Insider, because their website is beautiful. Everything is incredibly user-friendly. You can tell they care about every detail of the investing process. From sign-up to managing your assets, Fundrise takes great care in making sure your investments are worthwhile. So start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash Apple Insider to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash Apple Insider to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Fundrise for sponsoring this episode. So I wanted to cover some features that has been revealed in iOS 14 in regards to Siri, search results, and reviews. And I wanted to kind of put all these together and talk about just kind of a general, what might Apple be doing uh, in the near future with iOS 14? So a couple actual news bits in the latest iOS 14 betas in iPadOS specifically Siri will allow users to continue interacting with apps while Siri is active on screen and doing things in the background. You know, as you use Siri today on iOS 13, whether you're on iPad OS or the iPhone, Siri takes over the entire screen and you can't do anything else. Well, in iOS 14, on iPad specifically, when you invoke Siri, The little Siri now comes up in the corner. It doesn't take over the full screen. And now with the latest beta releases, it's actually where you can interact with the apps that you had on screen while Siri is doing her thing or his thing, depending on what voice you have. That was an interesting piece of news. Side note, what voice do you have (laughs) for your Siri? Because I actually put British accents on my Siri. So I'm curious if, if you do a different accent.
1: Well I'm curious you should say this now because uh, in the last few days uh we've been driving a little bit my wife and I've gone out for the first time, and Angela has set her Siri to be uh, French female, just to be different. <laughs> no, sorry, that was me she's done Irish female, and it's terribly relaxing <laughs> for
0: it. oh interesting that's very interesting so can you do can you do a French accented without the French language
1: we oui. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I can't remember now. Oh. Uh, I, you might not know this,
1: but uh, of course, Siri in America is the voice we all know. It's the woman's voice, um, and that's it. In Britain, the default is a man. But because, because I'm into this, and I was obviously, I was very impressed with the sound of Siri when it came out, I was reading a lot about it. I was watching videos about it this years ago when this first started. So by the time Siri came to the UK... Uh, Siri, to me, was a woman and was that specific voice. Uh, The man feels like a fraud impersonating her. (laughs) So I can't have him. I have to get rid of him. And I had the nearest equivalent, uh, which was the British-accented female Siri. And uh, she feels like a friend now. We have an in-car navigation thing, and that one sounds like, oh, God, you've missed the turning. Whereas (laughs) Siri is just, yeah, you... Would have been good, but we can get around it. We'll be fine. Yeah. Rerouting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Proceed to the root. Okay.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Proceed thing. to the root because you missed the first one. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't jab you like a spouse might. It's you know. It's very kind. It tries to <laughs> it tries it to bit. guide you. You know, so it's funny. We have a couple home HomePods in the house, and you could set a different Siri voice per HomePod.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Well, you can. Yeah.
0: So I said, I have a British female for all the series around the house. And my wife asked, why has it always got to be the female Siri? And I said, oh, boy. So let me change this. And so I made one of the HomePods an Australian man. So he's this Australian man accent, which is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty fun. But it is now very polarizing- over my kids, which one they prefer. My <laughs> older son actually likes the male Australian voice, but my middle child, also a son, he wants me to change it back to the female British Siri. So I'm not sure why, but the, these different voices are very polarizing to people, apparently. Yeah. So curious what our listeners, if you have a preferred Siri voice, tweet at us, let us know. I'd be curious.
1: There was a story a few months ago that there might be a uh, third party Siri voices allowed. And here in Britain, the, the assumption was that the there's an actor called Brian Blessed who might do this. And uh, I mean, very talented guy, huge history, but the most incredible, loud, mountain-shaking voice (laughs) bellowing at you to turn. Uh, It's the kind of thing you want him to do it, You'd switch it off after the first journey, but you so want to do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> who, was, who was the narrator for the Planet Earth? Was that Attenborough?
1: Planet Earth, yeah, that would be David Attenborough, yes.
0: David Attenborough, yeah. That'd be a great Siri voice, too, if he got in there. And... Actually, David Tennant does a, a brilliant
1: narration for some uh, sort of mockumentaries that BBC have done sometimes. <laughs> a very deadpan turn. I, I could listen to him directing me
0: around. <laughs> yeah, turn left. Okay, so I'm not sorry, that was that was not an attempt at a British accent. Please no one call me out. I'm not okay. attempting that now. Alright, so along with those Siri changes, some news about Maps in the newest iOS 14 beta. So if you have the latest developer beta on your devices and you launch the Maps app, it actually has a new onboarding screen that tells you you can leave user reviews and upload photos two locations in the Maps app now, and this is now directly to Apple. Historically, if you search in the Maps app on an iPhone, iPad, or even your Mac, any reviews or pictures you see come from Yelp. And if you ever wanted to actually tap on a picture and swipe to see more pictures, you actually have to have the Yelp app installed and it brings you over to Yelp and then you swipe through. Honestly, it's not a great experience and it's been that way for a long time, but it seems like that Apple in the latest version of Apple Maps is moving to its own system for users reviews and for location and business photos. On top of that, there's also rumors that Apple may launch its own universal web-based search engine. And this is something where, you know, you can search for things on Siri. You can search the web using Siri. You can even ask Siri to bring up images. I think it might use Bing images or something. It doesn't use Google images. It pulls up images from something else. But rumors are that Apple will may launch its own search engine for the web and for its devices. And so just to get this picture here, on top of Facebook continually complaining over the summer that the new tracking and you know, the ad blocking that Apple will be doing to apps, making users opt into tracking, that it warns the latest news was that Facebook says it's a 50% hit to advertiser revenue because of all this ad blocking. John, I just want everybody to take this whole picture here and say it's getting rid of Yelp. It's going to add its own user reviews and photos to the Maps app. Uh, It's letting you do more with Siri, possibly launching its own universal search. I find this just so interesting that it's really looking like Apple is trying to not have to use any third parties for the different services, whether that's search or maps or anything else. And also on top of all this antitrust stuff, talking about how, you know, Cicilline is saying (laughs) to crush competitors, maintain market dominance and all that. I'm torn because I love this idea of having you know, user reviews and photos built into maps and all that. But it does seem like Apple is closing the walls even more to different services and things. Obviously, I'm sure you'll be able to use Google to search on your device and all that. And if you want to use Yelp, you can. But uh, I love the integration. But yeah, kind of torn with it as it, you know, kind of gets rid of more and more third-party app integration.
1: We have been here before. Apple had a thing called iReview. Uh, around the time it put out iTools, which eventually became iCloud and things like that. There were basically Apple did Yelp before Yelp. And just like ping and connect, it was a dismal failure. Nobody even noticed Apple was doing it and they just shut it down and gave up. So if they had kept with it, would Apple have become Yelp? Would Yelp exist? (laughs) Is it too late for Apple now? I'm not sure. I've kind of gone off user reviews because... um, it just seems now that whatever whatever service you're reviewing, anything on everything is going to average out at about three stars <laughs> because somebody's going to be excessively praiseworthy, some or not. and you read the complaints. I'd like it when you can actually read more than a rating if it's more uh, an explanation, because you can see whether somebody actually sounds like they ever went there uh, or or is just <laughs> you know upset that uh, they couldn't get um, vegan food when they went into an optician's, for example, which is the kind of thing we <laughs> <you> sometimes see. <laughs> you know? uh, so yes, it's if Apple does this, but even when it does it well, it might not catch on. I just have a thing. I realised when I heard about the, the web search possibility, uh, I realised actually I might well swap to using it. Um, I, I keep meaning to try DuckDuckGo and every time I do, I like it, but I just, I'm thinking you need to fall back to Google. I might well swap to Apple. I mean, I can tell you I won't use Bing because just Bing rubbed me up the wrong way the very first time I had to install it (laughs) uh, somewhere. Uh, Because it did a typical Microsoft thing. Would you like to use Bing or Google? And I chose Google. And it went, well, oh, that's nice. You've chosen Google. It's big. And yeah, it's just, yeah, from the, before I'd searched for anything, it annoyed me. Plus, I love it when you see TV shows where somebody says, I'll just Bing that. And it's like, no human oh. being has ever said that.
0: <laughs> no one. I will say, of course, I would. I will try it. If Apple releases its own search engine, I'll definitely try for a while. I did set... My default search engine on my iPhone to DuckDuckGo for a couple weeks because I really wanted to give it a go and see if I can, you know, remove Google from my search life. And I don't know if it's, we're all wired to browse google search results like if if our <laughs> scanning ability and like the way it's visually represented it's just easier to find things in the google search results kind of listing or if google actually services better results but for some reason i just could not hang with duck, duck go mm. again i don't know if it was an aesthetic design thing or if it was an actual services different results you know but one of the things too is obviously because it wants to push YouTube. When you search for something on Google, it does surface applicable videos as well as links, as well as locations. And I think that's one of the powers of searching with Google, where if you search for food, you know, food or local food or whatever, you might get a video of a restaurant review. You'll see a bunch of locations on a Google map around you of restaurants and food establishments, and you'll get the listings of Actual results just with URLs. And I think that power of having all those different services and all that different data coming into one place is what makes that Google search result powerful. Now, Apple could do that. I mean, it has the map places already. And if it starts surfacing user reviews that people are giving Apple, uh, you know, a universal Apple search could give you those location based results and the URLs and images and all that. But that is a very steep hill to climb starting from scratch. I mean, even with all the beta users out there, if they do start uploading photos and reviewing places, I mean, that's years and years of people uploading photos and giving reviews on Google and on Yelp. And so I feel like for it to be useful, it would take a long time to get a pool of people where that actually has a good search result. Do you think Apple could just buy DuckDuckGo? Would that be an idea? It could but if it you know because it already has technology built into Siri for search and it already That's has right. its maps results i don't know if it would be worth it mm. as opposed to just developing something in house so yeah i'm very curious to to see if they would do that i would definitely try it for a time and i just Love seeing Facebook flounder as it's worrying about all this yes. <laughs> data it's no longer going to have access to because of what Apple is doing to block it. So.
1: I actually, I said this to you before, I have sleepless nights because of Facebook's potential loss of earnings. Uh, I, I haven't had a good night's sleep in, in weeks now, <laughs> fretting <laughs> about them.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, you're worried about Mark Zuckerberg's uh, vacation home, I'm yes. sure. <laughs> He's
1: just a human being like the rest of us. But is he? Okay, possibly not.
0: all those links to the ios 14 and the search and and the maps reviews find those links in show notes and you can read all about that and see screenshots also of some of those onboarding screens of maps as i wanted to touch here on the end to some follow-up and we can get your thoughts on wi-fi routers i didn't put this in the notes but because i mentioned it last week in talking to wes we were talking about wi-fi routers and what we used at home and he talked about his linksys Velop system and so that got my interest and was wondering how well that would be. And I had been using the Ubiquities Amplify product for Wi-Fi. And then I read a bunch of reviews. And as I'm working from home, I work here on an iMac most of the time, which is hardwired to Ethernet. And so I don't have to be on Wi-Fi a lot. But the other day, between last week's episode and this week, I was on my laptop trying to work on the sofa. And the Wi-Fi was not up to my expectations. And I was like, you know what, I want to try something else. And so I bit the bullet and I did the linksys velop the wi-fi 6 model of the system not all my devices have wi-fi 6 but the iphone 11 and 11 pro does the newest ipad models have wi-fi 6 um so i thought it was worth a shot and i have to say it is incredible the linksys velop system i got two hubs which is probably overkill for my house anyway but it is super fast I was getting 300 plus megabits down on Ethernet, and now I can actually say I'm getting that over Wi-Fi on my devices as well, even pretty far from the router. My Ubiquiti Amplify, which is not Wi-Fi 6, but it was supposedly still pretty powerful, I was only getting like 50 to 60 down on my iPhone in different places in the house. So that Linksys Velop system, it's an incredible product. Again, I've not reviewed many other... Or any other Wi-Fi 6 routers specifically, but I've tried Eero. You know, again, I tried the Amplify system, and I have to say that Linksys Velop looks like a great option for uh, Wi-Fi, especially if you want to kind of be an early adopter of that Wi-Fi 6 technology. So, I'm very pleased with it. I'll probably be keeping it, and uh, been enjoying those speeds. But. What what Wi-Fi system do you use, or have you found one that you're happy
1: with? Um, I use the one that came with my internet provider. I use BT and Fiber here, and uh, they provided a box. I think uh, routers are alchemy. Um, I plugged that in, and I lost uh, my ability to remote control my Mac. It took me weeks to find port forwarding and figure out all these things. And so when it worked... Uh, i just left it alone and i've not looked at it i've considered it aero um i can't remember now when i was looking at it a long time ago it wasn't available in the uk and i, I think it is now we have one area where angela works where it would be nice to give her a bit, a bit of wi-fi boost uh she's using it right now as we speak and it seems to be okay there so maybe uh my bt router is better than the last one but yeah i'm I'm intrigued at the differences of them. I fancy yeah. uh, uh six, Wi-Fi 6. Let's have more right. Wi-Fi, that'll be good. Yes.
0: And, <laughs> and that's the Eeros. So they have like the regular Eros and the Eero Pro. Um so the Eero Pro model is like the tri-band, you know, really good, but there is no Eero with Wi-Fi 6 yet. Uh they are only, you know, Wi-Fi AC and and below. So the only Wi-Fi 6 routers, you can get the Amplify Alien, you can get the Linksys Velop, Netgear product that has Wi-Fi 6, Uh, but there's not a ton of options out there. But I will say, I mean, if if you're out there and you're considering buying a new Wi-Fi network, I would definitely go Wi-Fi 6 uh, because surely... Any Apple device released now and going forward is going to have Wi-Fi 6. I mean, the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro already have it. So, yeah. Anyway, just wanted to mention that. Really mm. happy with the Linksys VELOP. And it seems to be a great option.
1: I would like to know, ask you about your use of the iOS 14 uh, beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do you have much experience with the new features on it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a few beta releases behind.
0: I have installed... And then, not uninstalled the beta twice already. I haven't done it on my iPhone at all. I did it on my iPad twice. I installed like the first developer beta, and then I removed it. And then I did the first or second public beta. And you know, the widgets were fun, but I found that none of my shortcuts were working. And I actually use a couple shortcuts specifically for Apple Insider that I really need. Oh. And I was like, it's too too much of a headache uh, to to not be able to do that. I also saw that, like, you couldn't post Instagram stories on one of the recent developer betas. So I have stayed away from it. I mean, we're so close now. You know, the iOS 14 will probably enter public release sometime in September, I assume, at the latest October. So, you know, we're talking maybe a month away. So I have not, uh, I'm not running the beta on any of my devices currently. I downgraded my iPad back to iOS 13. Everything works solidly. And that's just how I think I'm going to stick through until the end. Okay.
1: I have it on one, uh, my, my iPhone XS Max that I use for as a second camera sometimes. I, I put it on there and I like it, but I hardly ever use it. And I have noticed that there's a really key shortcut I need for Apple Insider that for some reason just hasn't come over. To the iPhone XS Max with it. Not that it doesn't work, it just isn't there, and I can't fathom that one out at all. So, uh, and I'm, I'm, I was getting to the stage where I was really, really tempted to put it uh, back on uh, again, and maybe even on my main phone, but you've just talked me out of it. You're right, it's only a month.
0: It's only a month, and also I get a little leery when stuff is syncing over iCloud, like shortcuts, you know, your shortcuts and shortcuts order, it syncs over iCloud. And so I was getting just a little leery about is this going to take out one of my shortcuts or is it going to mess it up? So I was like, okay, uh, no more. So no betas for me right now. The public will be, you know, the public release will be coming soon. Will be good. Yes. Yes. be coming soon. Well, listeners, let us know what you thought about anything that we talked about today. We'd love to hear from you. Tweet at William or myself. Our Twitter handles are in show notes. You can send us an email there. Don't forget to check out home kit insider we had a week off because andrew was on vacation but a new episode is coming out this coming monday we had lots to talk about really cool stuff so check out HomeKit insider comes out monday of next week if you're listening to it when the podcast comes out also if you haven't yet we'd appreciate a five-star rating and review in an apple podcast there's been a couple of you every week doing that and we really appreciate it so if you haven't yet go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review there we're glad you listen can't wait to talk to you next week